What if I just got really? What if my new bit was just getting really hyped up before a podcast, like slamming? Yeah, you, yeah, you bang out like a protein shake. Just like slam like, my head okay. against the desk. Coming really wiry. Yeah. yeah. Why is that hole in the wall over there? That's very so, strange. So there's, well, uh, have you guys? You guys have seen uncut gems, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know Jack, you've seen it. We, we both have. So I'm sure. Kevin Garnett, the professional <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> the way he would get ready for each game. What team was he on again? The, Sorry, can oh, you say? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, he was on two, or he was on like three teams: the Boston Celtics, the Minnesota Timberwolves. In gems, the, in gems, I mean. Yes, but in the he was first a Minnesota Timberwolf, and then he was a Brooklyn Net for a half a second. But what he would do each game is he would so like there's something called the stanchion, which is what is connect like what is the hoop is connected to like the base of it, like yeah the stanchion. And so, and it's usually covered in like, um, what the fuck is it called? Uh, like a mat. And he would bang his head against it before each game. <laughs> Man. That's a real thing. Jeez. Yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of strange rituals. He's well, he's also fucking crazy. <laughs> like he's fucking yeah. nuts. He once said to Tim Duncan, uh, whose mother died of cancer, Happy Mother's Day. Oh my god, that's crazy. He's fucking Jeez. nuts. What, like what? What does that do? Like, uh, <laughs> he wants to get you riled up. Or? There's a uh, player. Well, Who's Tim Duncan? Did you say that's a coach? Tim, no. Tim Duncan's a player. He's one of the chillest people you'll oh. ever meet. He wears like cardigans and khakis, <laughs> and like he looks like a substitute teacher half the time. He's the one of the last. Does he look like me? He really was one. <laughs> he was the last NBA player who did not like care about any fashion or brand. <laughs> He was truly, like, unremarkable as a personality. Right. He's, like, an end of an era. Right. Yeah. Uh, great so, player. Yeah. And there was another dude named Charlie Villanova, uh, Villanova who had alopecia, so he was bald. Mm. And yeah. um, Kevin Garnett called him a cancer patient. Oh my gosh. What? He is awful. But, kind of, but like, he would say this stuff in-game because he's a fucking maniac. Like, he's, like, he, it's, like, quote-unquote trash talk, but also, like, awful things to being said but right right like so uncalled that's for. the league though man but like he was notorious for it him and uh mm-hmm. gary payton okay sorry mm. i had to throw in some nba stuff Anywho. i don't know i had right 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 day. now we can there was yeah yeah some, yeah I, and obviously cam I, I i'm guessing you're not interested in uh, professional basketball association since you know it is not uh <laughs> english-based sports since you're not engaging with this right. yeah i wouldn't say that i'm not interested so much as in i have no idea what you were just talking about right. <laughs> yeah did you black out too for a minute like that's, that's i think i could i could see myself from outside my window right that's jack for mo- like you know every podcast we do is anytime i'm like well this is kind of like that one time in the nba when this happened with this player and he's like oh i can like, like oh. see my astral proje- projection this is cool <laughs> I'm Doctor Strange now. Yeah, <laughs> you're speaking another language, but it's an interesting language to speak. And then when we have a guest who I feel also it, knows the NBA, yeah. it's fucking torture oh, for him. It, yeah, I, I don't know how I got through High Flying Bird in in One Piece. I, I feel like I should not have been there. And I feel like I was though. I owe you one more apology for doing gems without you. That was oh well, it is what it is. I you know yeah. Hey. Yeah, I, I'll I can talk about Kim Garnett anyway anywhere. This is true. Time. This is true. I was gonna say you might have saved yourself like thirty minutes of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that episode would have went on for far <laughs> longer than its well, actual. Well, Tyler time. had me covered. He's a he's. This also, is true. He almost knows more NBA than I do. Mm. Oh wow, yeah, it's impressive. Almost. It is impressive. That's fucking crazy, man. How can anyone he's got know some, more than me? I mean, he's got like ten years on us, oh, eleven years on us. True. He's an old fart. Yes. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Let's do this one last time. We're exiting through the 2010s. We talk about movies from the 2010s. For the past three years, we've been podcasting. I'm Jack Draper. That's Clay Williams. I'm in the Spider-Verse. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I... But I, I do. I, I thought I'd do, like, the uh, Jake Johnson, like, here's how I got there. So. Oh! See, I didn't see what you were doing. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. All right. It took me a second. It took yeah. me a second. I... Hey, we all, we all t- take shots. Sometimes we miss them. Sometimes we make them. I just didn't see you make them. Uh, you you okay. made a swish. I didn't see it. I didn't know if you made it or not. I really. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I I made I made a shot, but you were like your back was turned when I did. Yeah. Like oh shit. What? Yeah. He did that. Oh, what? Cool. Oh, that's cool. That's dope. Glad I can't got... do it again now. No, I can't. Yeah. The charm is ruined. Yeah. Anyway, uh, big one today. Spider Verse. Exciting. I hate this movie. I don't want to talk about it. It sucks. <laughs> it's like the worst movie. What? Like, I thought we were coming on here to, like, rag on it. No? Yeah. It made your bottom five of 2018. That's true. Uh, yeah. Cam, why would you pick this? Oh, I don't know. To cause contention with a universally <laughs> yeah. despised film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bottom well, of the barrel actually... of American animation, we call it. No. You know, it's funny. They bring it where, you know, you address that subject that we do have history with bottom of the barrel animation and especially bottom of the barrel animation in Sony uh, pictures since in 2017, oh, they no. had a Razzie winner called the emoji movie, which we've covered. Oh my God. Uh, I remember seeing that. It was one of the worst screenings <laughs> I've ever been to. And you know, it's so funny. Cause it's like, I think throughout this, uh, throughout this cast and also including Lord and Miller, Sony needed a win. And this was sort of the winningest of wins. And also looking in that same line, Lord and Miller coming off of Solo the same year and then bouncing back in the fall. What a crazy yes. two years for them. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Fired off of Star Wars, does like an Oscar winning animated movie. And it's just like, that's like back to back. That's a weird back to back. I think they're definitely finding their footing as animation producers. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this being they the film like that... It. Yeah, yeah, I think it suits their sensibilities. Although, like, I don't want to overstate the control that they have over the specific looks of these projects. There's definitely yeah. a correlation between things like this and Mitchell's versus the Machines. They're very the- much collaborators, and I and I love a Lego Movie and Gem Street movies as well. Mm. Are they and- done with live action? Are they just animated, like animation people now? I think everyone should be done with live action. <laughs> No, I have I a take. <laughs> I have a take that will be kind of similar to that. Uh, I might throw out later on. So, mm-hmm. before we get to that take, what do we say about what we've been watching recently? Um, I can go because I've literally been only watching one thing, and it's funny enough. Again, this is it's it's kind of a coincidence. It's not a crazy coincidence, but um, I've been rewatching the Justice League animated series, uh, the first one before Justice League Unlimited. Um, and I've, it's my, I've seen 
I've watched this show at least three times through, and this is I think this is my third time. Um, I have a deep connection to it. It's like super like childhood nostalgia. Uh, I used to watch the DVDs when I was young. This is what got it got. It's what got me into superheroes and comics and uh, all of this nerdy ass shit. Um, but yeah, I've just been. I was. It literally just started with me. It was like, oh, that was a really good. Like someone mentioned something about um, Green Lantern, John Stewart. I'm like, oh yeah, there was that really good episode in Justice League animated series. Let me just rewatch that. And I rewatched it. And I'm like, oh, let me just like rewatch the entire fucking show now. Like, is that? It's so. It's um brightest day blackest night was that it's, a Dwayne mcduffie episode i mean um, it's usually it should be it usually is i i also wanted to th- thank you for bringing that up cam we need to give Dwayne mcduffie his fucking flowers it's probably he's like it's one of those things where i don't think people understand he's like the reason that show is that good he's right because hmm. he writes like all of the best episodes uh one you know he it feels like it um he is I don't know, man. I, I, I really, it really sucks, and it kind of hurts every day to know that we don't get more of his stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, creator of Static Shock, you know, big at Milestone, um, or no. Yeah, it was it his Milestone. Yeah, Milestone Comics. Um, I think he also created Icon. Did he not? I don't think he did. I forget. Um, but obviously just, like, a huge, like, writer that, uh, was very foundational to um, that time of DC, and he was a big reason that the Justice League animated series was so fucking good. Um, I don't. Did he also write for the Superman show? Yeah, um, I recall him being on that and JLU, and then Static, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, he's. I can't remember. Um, I feel like that one of his close his one of his close collaborators, uh, John Paul Leon, died recently as well. I think. <sighs> Um, hmm. I remember there was like a very touching tribute comic by him about Dwayne McDuffie, um, which was uh, static going into a comic book shop and talking about his quote unquote legacy. That's awesome. And oh. it's really good. Um, I might be misattributing it to Leon, but it's uh, it's very touching. Yeah. Hmm. And I love Dwayne McDuffie. It's so sad that he's gone. But yeah, I've just been rewatching. I've just been rewatching the show and it's true it's like my mac and cheese of like media it's just so comforting Mm. i have like and i can be on my phone for some of it because i've seen it so many times but other times i'm just like also like the voice actors who appear it's so funny there's at one point rob zombie voices a lovecraftian like uh, creature (laughs) in an alternate dimension hell yeah that Doctor Fate and Solomon Grundy and Aquaman have to fight. That's the kind of shit we're doing. Oh my god! It's yeah, <laughs> fucking it fucking rules. I love it so much. Um, Virginia Madsen that should, shows up. That should randomly. almost be like in the pilot because like that's that should be like the introductory of the tone almost. Yeah, it, like I, I mean, but that's the thing. I feel like Dwayne McDuffie would write like the weirdest episodes or like, the episodes that had the most like fucking comic book shit in it. That's. That's what that's that was like my main takeaway watching it this time around. I was just like, man, he just was on. He was just on one. He just was, like, in his bag doing it, and it. it he, they just like gave him, basically carte blanche on some of this stuff, and I'm like, this this rules. Um, I think it's. Um, I think it definitely stands out today as well in that it's very unembarrassed by sort of golden age and silver age comic book hijinks. Like it takes that stuff like. It has fun with it, but it's also it treats it seriously, I suppose, rather than something right. to kind of like 
they don't recoil at it like a vampire touching a crucifix or something like, right. like a lot no, of the no contemporary quips. ones do there's no quips mm. of like isn't this bullshit like there's not like isn't yeah. this right. like nerdy or whatever it's it's all it's like, like there's quips but there's not quips right, with right, right. air quotes around it but like yeah. um i think i was gonna go even further off the beaten path and recommend the harley quinn cartoon to you because it has very oh, strong ties to the justice league cartoon in that i mean they even brought back michael ironside as dark side for an oh, episode yeah. um but i was gonna say it kind of, that kind of flows nicely into uh our chosen film right that, and uh, that's the thing it's like animated an animated super again i wasn't i wasn't watching this because like oh we're gonna cover spider-verse i better watch the justice league animated series <laughs> like it just it's just truly one of my favorite shows of all time because i and i don't and i can't say that like objectively as in like oh i think it's the greatest i think it's just i have such a personal connection to it same with the batman animated series same with justice league unlimited um it's just like so per- and batman beyond it's just also personal to me that it's hard to like se- separate um that but yeah, I mean, I've just been watching it. And also, yeah, like, you just have the, like, really fun voice actor. Powers Booth as Gorilla Grodd, a talking gorilla. That's great. Fucking Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor. Um, there was another oh. one. Oh, this is what you were talking about last night. I was, yes, yeah. Oh, okay. I w- <laughs> Putting the pieces together. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was talking, so, like, last night we were doing our, um, we have a weekly game night uh, that me and a few other, and that a group of us do. And we were talking about Clancy Brown and I was telling them that the reason I know Clancy Brown is because of Lex Luthor. That was my first introduction of him. Like that's mm-hmm. when I first kind of found out who he was as an actor. Uh, even, even though like for some reason I associate Lex Luthor more with him than I do like Mr. Krabs, even though I like, I probably watched no way. Or I something think... like a famous film, like uh, Shawshank Redemption. Right. Exactly. No, like yeah. the moment I think of Clancy Brown, I think of his Lex Luthor. It's like instant. Mm-hmm. There's no other person. I kind of wish now that there was a Pluto TV channel for this show where it's like, you'd have the show on a loop. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Whenever. Um, it's on HBO Max. Like, by the there's one to point out. All oh, it's on HBO Max. Of, okay, all of the good. like yeah. Bruce Tim shit that is on sense. HBO Max. So. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, you, if you would just like, since you've seen it already and Pluto TV has the ability to just keep it going. Um, and just that program. I didn't know that's what Pluto TV does. Uh, I've never known what Pluto TV is. So this is great. great It's incredible. You have to know what it is now. Um, it, it will do that for certain shows, but then like it'll have genre based channels, like a crime, uh, thriller channel where it's like, it'll just play crime movies or like a romantic comedy channel just play that genre and at pluto tv sponsor us you know that's that's what we're getting to say that's what we're getting that's what we're yeah i'm just gonna come right out and say it i recently checked out the woman king it's great the new june prince bythewood movie uh you know so much yeah jpp you know so much heart and it's really like she's consistently an effective filmmaker like very workmanlike uh you can tell that she's an athlete coming into filmmaking treating this as though it's a collaborative team effort yeah she was a huge rather basketball than player right? one singular visionary yeah yeah she was a point guard and uh and uh, a massive step up for the action directing from the old guard i thought you saw uh woman king too cam i did um i have a review of that coming out 
soonish, Ooh. I think. Um, I really liked it. No. Um, some uh, metatextual discussions of um, who she'll portray as the villain right. aside. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely getting tied up in some accusations about how it chose to portray the Dahomey, which is kind of uninteresting to me because like, when you go into historical fiction, you kind of expect to take license with these things anyway. I don't, I guess you could like, I think sensitively like a case could be argued in that, but I was like, I don't know. I don't entirely agree that it's not something the film reckons with, but um, as Jack said, the action direction is really, really like muscular. I think. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Um, I, I like I that. It's a gorgeous looking movie. Like the, like the sun is, looks amazing. And it's, as this hue throughout it all, uh, it's, it has like a very humid look. Yeah, and without the, the nighttime, it's, yeah. without leaning kind of too hard into you know the sort of orange filter, mm -hmm. <laughs> the on the third world filter that a lot of uh, <laughs> black films Adam. about different yeah a lot of films about African countries from an American perspective can often indulge in. Yeah, it, it's very yeah. You gave it a three and a half, I think. And that's I think that's where I'm leaning to, but like three and a half, four. It's, yeah, it's very good. That's something, yeah. I I normally round up in my <laughs> Empire reviews, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I was I'm sitting at a three and a half. But since we can't do halves, hey, I was like, I'm feeling pretty strongly about it. So mm -hmm. that was what I watched quite most recently, and an animated film called Drifting Home. Um, How's that? I really like it. Um, the director's previous film, Penguin Highway, uh, really what a charming. Name. Penguin Highway. Yeah. Penguin Highway. Penguin Highway. Yeah, it's um, and also more literal than you would think. Um, oh what so like um but that well i mean besides the point it's a really crazy film that's definitely worth seeing because it's very beautiful and i think is one of those films that invite sort of very openly invites um comparisons to ghibli sort of fables um but i think does it in a very sensitive and also non-derivative way uh drifting home is a lot more of the same it's like very interested in the sort of psychology of children in a way that I think is very interesting, but then it's also not, you know, miserable, <laughs> right. even as it's putting these kids in pretty serious peril. Uh, and it just looks really great. Um, I like that one a lot. Oh. Those are kind of my most recent watches, I think. Although the rest of the time I've been watching For All Mankind, which I love. <laughs> yeah, every TV critic that I need to watch have for a all critic mankind. like say it's great. Yeah. Are you an Expanse guy? I feel like I could be. <laughs> okay. I'm I, that's I'm the I'm the priest or I'm the preacher for the expanse. Uh, so, if you want to join our cause, if you want to join our cult, <laughs> we'd be more than welcome to have you. Yeah. In due time. Okay. Due I time. think because that's what I think because for all mankind is like his like what if this like it's what if the Russians won the space race? Yes, and uh, the U.S. reacts very ba badly to that and then funnels all of its money into. Um, NASA, which has sort of knock-on consequences, which Why I think the show I has a lot of good time unspooling. It's this really good. It's fucking crazy. This sounds like for me. It's so funny how many people, have, including myself, have realized this so recently. I think it's just because, like, the praise for seasons two and three sort of hit a zenith recent, quite, in like, a, like, since the third one ended, everyone's just like, the show's incredible and nobody's watching it, which is true. <laughs> but, um, it's kind of like The Expanse. It, it was, like, later seasons where people are like, this is incredible, why is no one watching it? And like, oh, because they're gonna fucking watch this. Yeah. Right it's like terribly marketed or... that's the thing is 
anytime I mention the experience, I'm like, that's the only good thing Jeff Bezos has ever done to save that show. Everything else he's done has been evil and disgusting. That that's the one good thing where I'm like, okay, yeah. you got me on that one, Jeff. You did pretty good. You saved. Even though this isn't how television works, it would be really funny if that one thing was just like he accidentally like leaned on his laptop or something like that. Right, right. Press the button yeah, right. to save the expense. Well, he's a big yeah. space nerd, so that's I, I bet he loves for all mankind. I bet he's like just a pig and sloth with watching that because it's like he's a huge fucking space nerd. Is like loves the science of it. Like, that was the thing with The Expanse is that it was so... Apparently, the science was accurate, or, like, the most accurate for sci-fi can be. And when I heard that, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Um, but when... Uh, but, like, I, but apparently, Jeff is, like, obsessed with that. So I'm like, all right, good for him. Whatever. <laughs> Save the show. Let me watch it. When we have a guest on for the first time, we like to kind of get uh, an idea of where their love for film started and what if there was maybe an inciting movie maybe if there was just general uh movement that caught your eye kind of inevitable my dad used to work as a cinema rusher kind of had the bug ever since um i mean he's an engineer now so completely relevant but he's the sort that sort of pushed all of his favorite stuff on me he had me watching james bond movies when i was about two to my mother's uh disapproval but mm. You know, from there, he would, like, kind of run me through all of his old favorites and stuff like that, your Star Wars, your things like that. He'd watch old Pixar movies with me. And I think it's just something that's kind of stuck with me for a long time. I think the even as I went, I branched out in education into, like, literature and stuff like that. I kept kind of gravitating back towards film uh, and then eventually decided that's kind of just where I'd kind of... I'd put all my chips on that. Um, in terms of, like... I think it'd probably be easier for me to pinpoint like animation specifically, like uh, in terms of kind of progressively finding more enthusiasm for that. So obviously there's like the Pixar films I mentioned before, because obviously you're trying I'm to sure. just, you know, growing up like as a, a quote unquote 90s kid, I guess you can't really say it when you were five at the time, but you know, when growing up during Pixar's kind of heyday, um, you obviously end up growing up watching a lot of those things. Um, but then you also have the proliferation of Studio Ghibli. So my parents would get me like, old, like I had an old like Spirited Away VHS that I just kind of wore in, wore out. <laughs> a sort of interest in anime kept pushing me back into wanting to write about animation. The kind of a a very, whole very vague sort of domino effect of my dad making me watch stuff he likes. I guess. Yeah, and then oh. it's cool. It is cool that it's like Dead in Return. It kind of brought your love back into animation. Um. Yeah, because then, like, you see yourself being introduced to Pixar by your dad, but then it's just, like, that really stuck with you, but it's, like, maybe you didn't realize it at the time how much it stuck with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's not even, like, I consider Pixar stuff as that foundational, but I do remember watching right. that stuff with him. It's, like, my mm -hmm. earliest, kind of, if I were to attribute any, like, real, real early cinema memories, it's a combination of that. And actually, funnily enough, seeing Spider-Man 1 in the cinema with my family, we had to leave early at the scene when um, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin crashes through Aunt May's wall and tells her to finish reciting the prayer because my brother started crying. <laughs> that's, funny. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's fucking frightening. I remember getting scared out of my, like, scared out of my mind when that happened because it's so intense. It was, it was that and the um, board members being turned into skeletons, which I think very much stuck with myself and my brother Ramy, man he just loves terrifying kids <laughs> for for that generation you know it's like 
even more so than that like Do- and like doc ock and spider-man 2 when he murders all yeah. of the like surgeons or whatever a cliff that's been shared a million times yeah. that's oh like my terrifying gosh. shit yeah, yeah. Um, just sitting on that border between spooky and actually scary like it's yeah it's great right you can tell a horror director is making these movies yeah um and that scene i was gonna also ask since with the film we're talking about today you've discussed your history of animation you kind of mentioned spider-man but what's your history of spider-man and comics in general because I know you're a com- big comic book reader. Um, so he's always kind of vaguely been my favorite superhero. I love watching the 90s Fox cartoon contributed to that. I think so good. Um, some of the most intense voice acting of all time. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that and um, there's also the episode where he uh, turns into Man Spider and has the eight arms. Which That's right. And it even has its own Spider-Verse episode, actually, where he meets um, old, a bunch of alternate universe selves yeah, and meets, also uh, Stan Lee. Ben O'Reilly. Yeah. He meets Stan Lee in that same episode, I think. Well, that's like the um, last episode of the series. Yeah. Hmm. Like Madam Web shenanigans. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think comics kind of started with the um, those Fox cartoons of the 90s, like, you know, X-Men and Spider-Man you just kind of watch them re- watch them religiously and then again my parents would get stuff like just ra- really random comics like i had absolute carnage <laughs> oh wow um, just i can't i don't even know where it came from How but i just remember having it um i was i had it when i was living in south africa so i was 8 or younger ultimate wow cuz that's like he's like a serial killer like yeah serial serial killer mm. like wow yeah okay. But I didn't mind Carnage. Would like you know, Carnage was cool. Carnage was cool. <laughs> um, and then yeah, that kind of just carried with me. Like Spider Man being the gateway for a lot of things. Ultimate Spider Man was a big one. Right. Um, loved that. And then eventually, just sort of as I got older, I just kind of learned to like where to kind of trace the stuff that I like and expanded my tastes and all that stuff. Um, still love X Men. Obviously, the Krakoa stuff at the moment is some of my favorite comics going. I I think there are two good marvel event comics one is secret wars and one is judgment day which is ongoing at the moment wait is wait is hickman writing that or wait who's writing it hickman started the new krakoa comics that with house of x yeah actually no i was wrong three good comic book events (laughs) because that's one of them um but it started with hickman but now it's um kieran gillen um and he's doing the um immortal x-men at the moment which is very good too Interesting. yeah i don't know that's um are you a I, can, I can trace are you a marvel guy over dc agnostic i like both um <laughs> option c image <laughs> i the, just the reason i asked since like those the inciting uh shows were marvel for me it was the opposite it was the, it was the bruce tim stuff so and i've yes. always liked dc more because of that just because of my history with it. I, th- I think i'm just i'm sort of like subconsciously tracing everything back to spider-man in my <laughs> right. things at the moment i used to watch um i used to watch the Deanie and tim um batman and batman beyond a lot but the one i actually remember watching first is superman yeah um because i always used to watch that justice league i feel like i definitely watched at some point but it's like i've got more of a vague memory around that stuff it, it's great yeah no i have we were, i have since rewatched oh, it okay, but like okay, um okay, okay. but like when i was younger when it was on like I don't know how much I watched that compared to like Batman or Superman. 
Right. I I never watched it on live TV. It was all just DVDs because it was because they were done once I was start like watching them. So, like because I was born in '99, and so yeah, like most of them were done by the time I was born, and I must have been like two or three. No, I, I guess uh, Unlimited ended at when I was six, but I don't think I was watching it at six. I can't remember when Beyond was on. I definitely remember watching that on TV. I don't know it, how I watched the other ones. It's between when the animated uh, Superman animated series ended between the, where the Justice League animated started. Because it goes Batman, Superman, then the new adventures of Batman, then Beyond, then Justice League, then Justice League Unlimited. And then Static Shock is in the middle of that with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I used to watch um, Batman Beyond after school in cape town so i'm wondering if it's maybe just the like uh distribution syndication on yeah syndication Mm. in south african television maybe hey Hmm. we got it we need we need we now need a segment distribution south africa that from every episode what's we're gonna cut to you yeah and you're gonna like we'll put in your audio being like here's what we're dealing with uh things i definitely knew about as a five-year-old right yeah (laughs) five-year-old can't relate had a huge investments in syndication uh <laughs> i i feel as though i should go next i don't have that extensive of a history i liked the raimi trilogy a lot um growing up i i didn't have them in like constant rotation because i think clay and myself are like a generation behind when kids would have them in constant rotation um the uh uh mark webb duology i saw in theaters didn't really it didn't really mean much to me uh (laughs) and then this one uh to fast forward into our explosion with spider-verse um i saw in theaters and i went to take my then seven-year-old cousin yeah shout out shout out noah uh he really liked it really liked uh spider ham and uh no it was great you know it was at the time when i worked at a theater and got to see it for free. Can I read nice. your letterbox review for it, please? And then there, oh, uh, oh, never done this before. Because well, I, it's one of the best things you've ever written. Uh, immaculately, immaculately animated and radically realized. Good shit. Best experience with a shrieking seven-year-old right next to you. <laughs> Just, I, I think yeah, about yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. It's all been in my life, but I never really connected with. Right. movies although i've liked them i guess it's sort of like me with any franchise i i just want to quickly mention so like my connection to spider-man is the end is the 90s animated show uh that's like where i draw pretty much all of my like spider-man shit from um so that's like how i know the spot or whatever the fuck like that like that's how i know uh vulture and scorpion and like and very much like and and they draw mostly from like the stanley steve ditko kind of like i guess also maybe the ramada stuff but like that's where they i was gonna until until i mean there's plenty of todd mcfarlane kind of stuff oh i mean obviously they 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 start hitting the venom button right 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 god it's so i imagine talk to kids nowadays so i i do after i i work with kids uh like from like preschool to like fourth and fifth grade um i do like after after school care and sometimes i'll talk to them about superheroes and stuff and they'll be like yeah i love venom and carnage and i'm like what the fuck dude you're like i mean but like they're like preschoolers and i'm like they murder people what like like they're like killers one of them eats people i think both of them eat people 
Like, this isn't... It's so funny to me. This is where I push up my glasses and say, well, it depends what uh, depiction of Venom you're talking oh, about. Oh, of course. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> hey, I mean, if we want to go, we can go, Camp. We can go. We can go. We can... We can talk about this shit all day. If we had the time for it. Right, yeah. right, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, one, I guess one quick question. What's your connection to Miles Morales? Because that was a pretty, yeah, you, you, well, that was a pretty big moment in comics. And you being an Ultimate Spider-Man fan, I'm guessing you're also kind of a Bendis guy. Uh, you know, uh, maybe not so like much anymore. A <laughs> I was going to say, like a lot of people, you have your kind of ups and downs with them. It, as a side note, it is kind of very interesting how so many of Bendis's comics have practically shaped the superhero landscape as it is today. Absolutely. Like it just, it's all over. It's just all over it. Um, Portland, Oregon, which is crazy. Legend. Like Brian Michael Bendis, shout out. He lives in Portland. Ah, uh, um, yeah. There's a uh, too probably too many to list at the moment. I mean, like you, obviously you can get into his. They'll eventually do his Daredevil and stuff as well. And there's Jessica Jones and all that. But anyway, um, obviously, uh, first saw Miles through just being a reader of Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I actually acted normally when they announced that Spider-Man was going to be killed and replaced with a black teenager. Because <laughs> that was, I remember that whole thing was nuts. Um, and I remember being really bummed out um, at the time that more in the killing of Peter Parker than his replacement, because uh, I really connected to that version of the character because it kind of doubles down on his uh, teenage insecurity. And then they just, I don't know, they found a very good way of renewing it in Miles even though I don't actually think they managed to... Once the character left Ultimate Comics, I think they never really got a good handle on how to use him. Um, they really struggled with that character's identity. Mm. Um, in that, like, after a point, he was attached by the hip to the supporting cast right. of Ultimate Spider-Man in that he was constantly in touch with Aunt May and Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and all of these people. He never had um, his own like environment. So I think, I mean, yeah, he did. He kind of he did and he didn't. It's he didn't have the sort of room to expand as a character with his own unique rogues gallery in the same way that this version of Spider-Man before him did as well. Um, so he was kind of, funnily enough, in a character where his identity was made the sort of whole sharp stick for the news to poke some comic book writers with. Like, um, he kind of had none after a point because he sort of just got funneled into that sort of same type of what you think spider-man is which is where this movie came in in actually i think really wonderfully establishing both a strong visual identity for miles and one right i mean the whole thing is kind of in a metal way about the character finding his own feet amongst like a very broad legacy of spider people right um so it's funny in that like even after a few years of reading the character, the definitive version of Miles Morales comes from that adaptation. For me, anyway. Right. Mm. Um, I also hear the 2018 uh, comic by, Sa I just looked it up, Saladin uh, Ahmed. Apparently that's pretty good. I remember reading like the first two issues of that or whatever. I think that's another one that started really promisingly and then I sort of lost interest after a while. Right. I think he... Um, Ahmed did really well to actually, like, again, move Miles away from being so closely identified with Peter Parker as a character and giving him his own proper supporting cast and people to deal with. I think I just... There was a point where I sort of just lost interest. 
maybe because I just kind of inundated with Spider-Man comics now. Right. What, um, what are your thoughts only... on his portrayal in the video games? Mm, I think they really could have given him a better haircut to start with. <laughs> uh, I'm I... on a talk because I need to visit the barber right now, but like, <laughs> right. oh my gosh. Right, As you say. Right, right, right. Um, the game is cool. Um, mm. The sort of standalone one, but again, very compressed. Um, doesn't ha- have as much sort of room to make something unique of itself right. which is so interesting that it's just it seems to be just like a recurring problem with this character and that he, he cannot separate they cannot separate him from peter parker it's like there must be one before the other mm-hmm. and then that again ties into the game's mechanics as well where it is essentially a compressed version of spider-man 2018 um in all but name but do you think the characterization is still like lacking in that i like in that for Miles specifically, not really. Uh, they definitely had. I remember they had a lot of heavy lifting because um, they have. They wanted to sort of. Uh, the writers at, le- at least seemed to want to move away from the image of um, Spider-Man in the games, sort of being loving cops. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. they had to. And because like his whole arc in the first game is losing his cop father. Right. And his sort of idolization of him, they had this very tricky line to toe with that. So it felt, I think, a little distracted by it. But I think the sort of move from of his character into a different neighborhood um, made for some interesting stuff. But, but you know, did... again, it's like, uh, oh, go ahead. I just wish they had more time to work with things. Right. But it's like kind of a, an unfair expectation to place on a game that is essentially an expansion. Right. But it is interesting though that, like you said, it's all trying to catch up to Spider Verse. That's like every mm. that's everyone's compared. Like they even did the Prowler storyline, which is I think was done in the comics beforehand. But also, but they tr- also did that in the expansion game, um, mm. and it is. It, but it's yeah, they're all trying to catch up to what how fo- foundational that uh, movie is to just Miles as a character and mm. Spider-Man media in general. I mean, you don't you you know you don't get No Way Home, whatever you think about it if you don't get spider-verse I, I truly believe that it is really funny how transparently a lot of these ventures are going after it in terms of only the most like perhaps the most kind of obvious and maybe superficial ways like uh one very funny thing to me in the game was that they had they go for that same iconography of him wearing the uh high top sneakers over like with his costume or something but yeah so in the film they're jordans in this they're like adidas something or others and it was just really funny because you know it's like yeah and it's like so it's like so close but not quite there in that it just becomes kind of funny Uh, and in the same way that like like you could say that the sort of move from jordans to like some anonymous adidas shoes is like the same way that uh no way home lifts that multiverse concept (laughs) and then just puts it on (laughs) one of the blandest most corporate exercises in filmmaking right done recently um you know just like is it's no is there no jordans (laughs) there are no jordans no that's i feel like that's perfect um Yeah. Gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. Go, I'll walk. Personal chauffeur going once. It's okay. Seriously, Dad, walking would have been fine. 
Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in, wants the day, zip zaps off Nancy's you know. Accountability. Speed up, speed up. You I know, know these kids. Miles, man, you get arrested? Guys, don't cops run red lights? Well, yeah, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Brooklyn! Stop us now. I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I wanna hear it. You wanna hear me say it? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me off out of school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke for team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save us at Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! Whoa. Yeah, because it's like, this is, this is the culmination, and it's the alternative to, like, the MCU, while, of course, this can still exist with the MCU. Um... You almost need the Mark Webb move, duology to make those mistakes and fumble the ball with what they were trying to set up with the Sinister Six. And then, uh, you know, the filmmakers and animators behind this team will be like, what did that team do wrong that we can then course correct and have a very smart and clever um, script to go along with the visual identity? And, you know, it's it's really a celebration of Spider-Man as a character that, like, like Campbell said, um, that sort of the praise that... Um, knowing home was was given can also be applied to this but way better i think that um it, it definitely just it comes so much from that um like what we said like the visual identity of the film um i think not unfairly can be called a bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of american animation because you can see oh yeah they're all copying the, it now yeah yeah I'd say less copying it than like taking immediate influence from True. it because I'd say a lot of the projects, a lot of the projects that bear visual similarities to Spider-Verse share a lot of the same art directors and, right, 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 right. um, and like animation leads, um, Arcane, I know shared a lot of, uh, DNA with the team that made Spider-Verse. And so it's natural that like the, um, way of sort of layering 2D textures over CG animation would like carry over, but it's like, you know, it's, it's not, I think, um, 
I'm not trying to like uh, dunk on you or anything here, no, but no, I think no, there may right. be like no, please, copy. Dude, I think dunk on me. You're, you, you know more <laughs> about this shit than I do. Please do. <laughs> uh, I don't. I only know what I know. But um, <laughs> I think the word copy maybe um, undersells uh, undersells it a little in that I think it unlocked something right. for a lot of people in uh, a sense that there's a lot of CG animated productions that are now feeling a lot freer to move away from photorealism because a lot, so many things have been caught up in this sort of the same chase that you get in video games in that they're going after this just rendering real life as closely as possible rather than playing with the possibilities of the form which brings me back to spider-verse because it decided that it wanted to see how close they could get to i don't know the feeling of flipping through a comic book and i think the love of the medium is kind of equal to its love of miles morales and i think that's the two things together is why sure. this film really like blew up in the way that it did i mean they're using like this combination of like 2d textures and smears like um you know like motion smears when it's like they um you'll see them in a lot of like classically drawn cartoons where it's like a big smudge of paint to indicate right. speed like things as little and granular as that to the more yeah. obvious things like print dots and um even kirby crackle you know like um the little black spots that indicate something, you know, sci-fi going on. And I think that stuff matters to me as much as, you know, like giving Miles like room to expand. And it's very cool that he's now forever associated with that sort of creative freedom rather than, um, I don't know, being the other Spider-Man. And Jake Johnson has this great quote in an interview where it's like the other Spider-Man, Peter B. Parker, you know. Yes. (laughs) Forgotten uh, what it's like to be a superhero. And then, you get Miles, who is just learning what it's like to be one. I feel like that idea could have been very recycled, but yet it feels fresh here because of this new, literally, like a coat of paint that, <laughs> yeah. that, you, see with, that you see with the movie. And, and because you have, like, this idea that's that's done with a lot of heart. Um, well, I think it's Peter Parker at 40. Um, <laughs> which I think makes them a little bit different. Porn is a real thing. <laughs> it's a very real thing. Um, it's Peter as a mentor. It's um, it's somebody who has forgotten what it means to be a superhero, hanging out with somebody who's learning how to be a superhero. And um, really, I formed a lot of Peter. Obviously, the writing is so good, and our directors and creators were incredible. And they allowed me to act with this guy in the booth, oh, nice. which really helped a lot of figuring out who Peter was because you could play Peter opposite Miles. And Peter really exists in this with his relationship with uh, Miles. So I guess that's who he is. No, it's, I mean, you know, because the movie, it's, fun, it's funny to talk about because it it's like it was so big in the last half of 2018. And for me, it came as a bit of a surprise. I wasn't really anticipating that much in 2018. It wasn't really on my radar. Um, it immediately shot up to Letterbox with like a 4.5 or something you know just kind of like had this instant celebration which is very cool to see it's like it really broke people's brains i think like yeah, exactly. yeah. yes 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 the, the um i remember seeing um people were mad that this film was being made for miles i remember when they got the first yeah. trailer like because i suppose it goes hand in hand with um maybe a common like low regard for animation as a medium in u.s film in that people they thought it was like putting uh, it was like a punishment to have the character be have his first depiction be animated right. and then when it came out everyone realized it's like oh this is the best possible thing that could have happened like it's yeah. the absolute like best version and then it's a unique introduction to the character you know it's exactly like, there's nothing else there's nothing else before it not very little like it um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
And then you even had, oh my god, going back and looking at the comments where it's people just being like, I don't like that stuttery style. And now it's, it's like, very yeah. odd. what's wrong with the it's, frame rate or yeah. whatever? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. oh my god. Just, that and um, as a quick side note, you have this trend in people sharing animation where they sort of interpolate um, clips to put them up to 60 frames per second. Oh, it's what a, the it's fuck? A, it, it's, a, it's a sickness, man. Like, um, it's, just, it's some of the worst stuff I've ever seen, Can and it's like that mindset. Can people just life and not ruin <laughs> art? It's horrible. I wish I'd never even mentioned it. You could have lived in blissful ignorance. <laughs> I want to give whoever does that a fucking wedgie. Are you kidding me? No. Like, really big in, like, so if sometimes you, it's, it's hard to look up clips from, like, anime or, or something it? on is this like what like is, on you it, you'll find it on like youtube and like on twitter and like those kind of quote unquote anime aesthetic <laughs> accounts that addresses. just like post give me some phone numbers i'll can you and cam go get them swirlies i'm like, absolutely amazing it's yeah. so i hate that shit That's but awesome. you, yeah i just i don't know i think that it's so cool that this film this oscar-winning film yeah. Like, to want to dethrone one that dethroned Pixar. Like, yeah, Incredibles too. Yeah, yeah. And and Disney and Pixar Disney, I guess. Yeah. And like I just love that it draws so much attention to the sort of nuances of animation as a medium. Like it's not I don't think I've ever seen anyone outside of like um you know, like kind of industry animation people talking about like oh like this this scene uh, that's changed between animating on ones and animating on twos and now everyone's suddenly learning like the like <laughs> the differences in animated the frame rates like yeah. yeah exactly like language that's just becoming commonplace just because they forefront these little it's things cool. like in the yeah. film yeah that's supposed to uh, have been like candy yeah. for you as an animation nerd like that like like just like oh i see all these different techniques and like basically them operating on so many different levels I mean, yeah, I was going to say it was like Christmas, but I mean, it literally was when it right, came out. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, so to point out, uh, just a quick, my take that I kind of referenced earlier about, you you said that, you know, like when people were like, oh, they're kind of making, they're, they're not giving him the proper due by putting him in live action first, or sorry, uh, by putting him in animation first, not live action. And you said basically, well, that's the best thing they could have done. My take is that's the best thing you can do with this medium of superhero storytelling. Live action sucks. Stop it. <laughs> Go back to animation. It's such a better medium to adapt for this shit. Okay, I love Matt Reeves' Batman. Don't get me wrong. I love I'm I'm a super like I I'm even kind of in the bag for the MCU no matter how shitty they are. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of just like ah, I still kind of like this. It, yeah, it, in the corner of your your room, you have like Disney like checks right. With your, I, I have the, the Disney logo on them right over there. It's yeah, very yeah. yeah. You're you're wearing uh, Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, so. I'm praying at the altar <laughs> of the mouse. Um, but it's to like in even even I can understand like this is not the right medium to do shit. It's like animation. You're it's no hold bars in a lot of ways, and it's a it's the perfect way to adapt comic books, a visual artistic medium that was drawn like it seems so obvious doesn't it it really does yeah. and i'm like think 80 percent of superhero media should now be in it should be animated i mean that's where i that's where so many if you talk to anyone who loves comic books a lot of that comes from it watching an animated show look what me and cam just talked about for like the first 20 minutes of this fucking show <laughs> about like where we got our love for this shit it's from these animated shows that they don't really make anymore and if they make it, it, it looks like shit. It looks like is... fucking garbage. 
This is the thing. I think that in... I, I'm not sure that I would go as far as to not want a live-action superhero film again ever because I can trace no, like, my mom and Raimi back. To... I know, I know, I know. As it goes that much, we can be hyperbolic, I understand. Right, right. But like, um, I just as it is now, I think there's a horrible kind of overlap in uh, this sort of disinterest in sort of playing with uh, filmic language and history in the making of these films if in live action as well as a sort of disinterest in replicating the hand of the artist in comic books as well so like they sort of arrive at this sort of medium in just replicating everything that came before it's this very sort of myopic like it's got to look like a marvel movie it's not going to look like I don't know, Matt Reeves felt, once felt so different because it was very deliberately pulling from like Zodiac and other contemporary crime movies. Um, and Spider- in the same way that Spider-Verse is unique in that it's trying to have like this kind of visual conversation with the language of comic books. Right. Um, it's trying to combine like five different artists, like from like Steve Ditko to Ramita to like... And also just very strikingly one of the first, like one of the main feature films I can think of in, in American cinema anyway to actually use like onomatopoeia on screen like um what like what apart from maybe like the adam west batman movie like what else has done that um so i think it's just like as long as there's a disinterest in um from like superhero filmmakers in using either cinematic language or even trying to replicate the language of comic books i think there's just no nothing of value in to in making those films which is why like uh, i more or less agree that at as things are like animation just seems to be the best medium for portraying these kind of things. And it's also just exciting to see um, adaptation, like not just treating the character as icon and property, but Mm. in treating it as sort of inherently connected to the hand of the artist Uh, in their making of sort of presentations for the sequel. They talked like first and foremost, like we wanted to replicate how this particular artist like Brian Stelfreeze's inks and draws like certain characters, so they brought them on board for VizDev. Or like um, replicating the textures of someone like, I'm trying to remember the name of the artist for Spider-Gwen. Um, but for like uh, Miles, they're drawing inspiration from Sarah Pacelli. Right. Um, Who, and you know, a like... Constant collaborator with Bendis. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, it's just sort of the best possible way that to approach putting your own spin on that while you know adapting i mean yeah like treating these things like the work of an artist rather than uh sort of just you know transferable page like yeah like wikipedia entries of just like oh this is what spider-man is let me just throw that on screen. exactly exactly like an actual character rather than mm-hmm. a collection of i don't know different plot points when the news came out that the jj abrams bruce tim matt reeves animated batman show was not being picked up by hbo max i almost lost my fucking mind not because of that show necessarily but because of what it represents because that used to be Mm. what and i hate to be that we used to have real media or whatever the fuck but like (laughs) we used to be a country right exactly it was a proper that's what it was man that was what all this shit was and now you have Young Justice, which is, like, maybe the best animated uh, superhero show in the last, like, ten years, besides maybe Harley Quinn, where it's, like, fucking... And they get... They, they're they they're pretty much cancelled after every season, then they're kind of like, oh, I guess we're gonna come back. And they'll have, like, no budget the next season. 
And it's really, I don't know, that's where all my love of superheroes and comics came from. So I guess I have maybe like a personal stake in this, but it really bums me out. And then DC will put out these movies that look like dog shit. That are like these like CGI, CGI just like, some of, the, some of them look pretty okay. But like, I don't know, like Son of Batman and all their like New 52 shit was so, it looked so boring. It just, and it was usually not good. And I just, I don't know. I miss when they actually let the art take the forefront rather than the fucking property. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah, because like you said, these things just don't seem to be a priority for so many production sort of... Um, well, actually, no, I wouldn't even say production studios. It lies on um, people like Warner Bros. just, like, not preferring quick money over putting investments over time. And then you end up with things like Harley Quinn being mostly dialogue-driven because, you know, just compressed budgets and right. uh, timelines for the making of, which are still pretty great shows that I really like Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, but, I do too. And that animation looks really good. I because I like what they draw from. I mean, it also it's kind of has some of that Bruce Tim boxy kind of art, but well, you know, giving it more like edge, like giving it more like uh, uh, more freedom to kind of be more itself. Like it draws <clears> from kind of certain like iconography while allowing like it to be a little more fully formed and different. We yeah, basically I mean, just wish all animated superhero projects had the amount of room to expand that spider-verse did right exactly right um, i mean the, 90 million dollar budget you know uh yeah every, every animation thing yeah, should have that like, just that give yeah. give every animator with a 90 dream 90 million, million dollars is the minimum okay yeah. give me 90 million dollars all right like 90 everyone, million and, it, and, and it also grossed 375 mil like that's you know enough pretty pretty incredible yeah i know seriously 20 times they had such a huge team on this one as well yeah. what was it, it was yeah, like, like 150 well yeah when you pay the animators five dollars an hour it's easy to get a lot of them for 90 million yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i can't even um i can't actually i don't even know about the working conditions on this but um it was a, such a massive team they've got yeah. some really exciting talent for the sequel as well uh they're plucking more from anime production um mm-hmm some visual artists who worked on stuff like ping pong the animation which is one of the craziest animated shows out there and very much worth watching okay. um i'm uh, just yeah uh, by masaki uasa if uh, that is a name that means anything right <laughs> um, to, to you all so now listening. you know what it feels like when i talk about basketball see you get it just like i say these names like charlie villanueva and it's just like i have uh, what <laughs> Masaki Uasa, just like Kevin Garnett. Exactly. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Two P's in it a is, It is really a bummer that Reeves Abrams show didn't take off because. Well, you they're, really shopping it they're shopping it around. But that's the crazy oh, oh, thing is like well, HBO Max, we're going to make sure everything in the DC universe is under one house. And then they're like, oh, we're going to uh, we're going to make this show. Eh, sell it to someone else. We don't fucking care. <laughs> it's like and it's weird. It's like you own the you own the rights. You you have this character. Okay. It's like that's very bizarre. But this still. Well, no, um, I, I, my idea was like you would suspect another or the generation before us would have um or I guess after us, that they would have that show as their, like, Spider-Man cartoon show or Batman the Animated Series. That's, like, right. this first introduction into the character. Then again, I think Spider-Verse also kind of acts like that, right? Because it's, like, it's a, it's their first... This um, will be a foundational movie for so many Yeah, it's a kids. foundational movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's a foundational that makes me really film in, in the 2010s and also to a new generation where it doesn't 
pander the character. It doesn't talk down to its audience while still being for kids. It's this very, very um, well done uh, balance where, you know, everything has weight, but it's not overly serious. Uh, It's this idea that Campbell brought up earlier where it's like there's quips in here, but not quips, you know, and its sense of humor is like so well done i cannot believe that it's not cringy like it's a minor miracle this is it's as funny as it is to me with the sort of rapid fire gags that are going on at the same time and there is a lot of like there is this sort of wonderful balance between the sort of hey look at this tone of humor that i think (laughs) works very well maybe because that is directly like depicted visually as well yeah Uh, again like the onomatopoeia like the onomatopoeia bit when it's like uh he throws a bagel at someone and there's a little pop-up sound effect that says bagel on screen like it's so it's all so clever um that reminds me of, like and, that fraction like hawkeye stuff sometimes when there would just be that little like little blurb of just uh, one little visual i mean like you know the lucky the dog um issue where it's all just visual blurbs of stuff and it's just all it, you know yes. purely just like oh this is so great I and know like it was I, peter Ra- it was peter ramsey's idea as well to not bring in that comic book style until miles was bitten by the spider and then it's like that's when they can sort of unleash on right that's when he hears the thoughts in his head and yeah why are these voices so loud Mm -hmm. just yeah using using the um sort of narration boxes as a sort of sort of kicking off of this sort of panic attack was really just inventive like the whole sort of unlocking of that world for miles is so interesting and Again, like what you were saying about um, the balance that they strike in the tone of the film and the sort of placement of this film in the late late 2010s as a bit of animation, like it's going to be so interesting to see how its influence sort of disseminates across this kind of next (laughs) decade of animation. Right now, by the way, for people (laughs) who are not who are listening, you have candles in the background. uh, I'm just praying in a prayer circle that this just gives the right vibes and gives the right inspiration to so many animators and for sure like, studios <laughs> and just oh. more of this seeing yeah i mean it's, the, um... you know it's described a lot as the greatest comic book film of the 2010s and maybe uh, ever probably ever what competition yeah, maybe, is yeah, there maybe, <laughs> yeah right that's true yeah, yeah you know only a few you know um i think uh it's you're right there is no competition and it's interesting that we have this quantity the surplus of superhero films this one comes in when we were we were at almost four spider-men if you read all these um, reviews it's all like another spider-man movie but this one's actually good right no and where it's just like i think that's what kind of like gave me pause when the trailer came out too where it's like okay what is this do i have to do a thing like and and no i mean like it's kind of crazy where it came out at this perfect time when we were starting to just get into this fatigue of the mcu and the, this fatigue of of superheroes and yet do you want to know how weird this marketing was brought new life yeah this there they you know the scene of after um miles um goes to aaron's uh how uh apartment and prowler is there and he realizes prowler Ernest prowler mm-hmm. and in the chase that follows after yeah that was in the post credit scene of venom oh boy <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's like they really they were kind of struggling on how to fucking market this thing i mean the trailers were good but it was one of those things where it's like like in, po- in venom they like you know it's just another sony production and they're like i don't know they were expecting a post-credit scene i guess we can just throw them this and that's right, it right right they just like it's nothing yeah. right and it, i'm not saying it's they did a bad job marketing it i'm just t- i'm just kind of telling you like how i don't think they knew what they had no i don't think yeah they no and now they do which is going to make the sequel very interesting in terms of like what they're allowed to do with the kind of scope of the film i from what i understand they're being a lot given a lot more room to mm. uh depict a whole bunch of different universes rather than just one but with different styles in each um and uh like you mentioned the spot earlier clay but like um him being the main villain of this new upcoming one also feels like a new it's an insane choice but then also you when you actually see what they're trying to do with him it's like a perfect creative opportunity because they're like oh we're thinking of him as well they just it's funny because they described the first film as they wanted to create the look of a living painting so then with the spot they're now like we wanted to create a living ink drop so he's kind of like amorphous and like whenever he walks places he like spills ink onto the screen Uh, characters like disappear through him and there's just all of this strange stuff going on and it's just it's there's so much potential there can he jump universes is that his thing i don't think so it's like he kind of contains a different universe within himself i'm not i couldn't say for sure what's going on there but they're definitely playing around with this sort of spatial thing with him Jack, I, I can describe to you what the spot is from my experience. I don't know if this is like the most accurate depiction of him. The spot is this dude who's in like all white and it has like black Jason spots. Schwartzman, right? Right, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. He yeah. has black spots all over his body. He looks like you know, he looks like a Dalmatian basically. And he'll like take the spots from his body and like throw them. And like they'll and, and that if you put your hand in the spot and you put another spot over there, like the hand if you go here, it'll go over there. It's just true. Now you're like, thinking with portals. Yeah, like banana stuff. It's like portals. Yeah, that's the word portals. Like they're like each little spot is a portal. And you also can like throw them at that's people. Fun. It's yeah, that's fun. but it's not okay. like fucking Kang or Thanos or whatever. It's, it's the spot. Okay, is he is he like a goober? He is a goober. He is a goober. Okay. Yeah, he's a bit of a joke villain. Nice. He's the he's the one that Spider Man will run into and he'd be like, oh, this fucking guy. Like. <laughs> He's not quite that like Kite Man to shout out Harley Quinn, but he is close. <laughs> like he's not that much of a like a joke, but he like he was in the animated show and they depicted him kind of seriously. Um, but like he was, but like he is still kind of just like. He's just a couple of rungs up the ladder. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, um, like the Sinister Six, all the other guys, and then boom, the spot. <laughs> I have a question. I mean, he's a um, yeah. uh, related to the first film. But I just wanted to know, like, what was a bit that stood out to you both, like, like a as a favorite? Bit? Anything, like a favorite sequence or well, we're gonna little moment scene in the film? A favorite scene at the end. Ah, okay. We have a, we have a, a closer for But for I want to just highlight, and I hope he's back for the sequel, Nicholas fucking Cage, ladies and gentlemen. Do we know if everyone is back? I don't Do know. Do we know? I don't know yet. Haley Steinfeld is definitely getting a focus, and I love her in the first one. Like she's and just Jake so charming. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, and if I can have a Jake Johnson minute before we get to Nick Cage corner, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, New Girl is one of my favorite shows. We've talked about this on uh, Game Night episode. 
and I, I feel as though if we if we uh, somehow fit in someone picking a Max Greenfield movie and a Zoe Deschanel movie, that'd be very that'd be satisfying to me and maybe me alone. But anyhow, I, I love him. He's great in this. Um, this film has so, such a great so, voice cast. So so funny. Yeah, an incredible ensemble. Honestly, like I remember people even thinking like when this had awards buzz, maybe it could uh, get into Screen Actors Guild ensemble um okay for me i thought you said like oscar and i'm like no no no, no. <laughs> it's like they will, they will never award a voice actor as long right, as we live right, right. yeah yeah that's true not even a but at the same time like actor yeah, yeah. But justice yeah, for terry um, notary <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah this this cast let's let's talk about the cast like shameek moore and uh nick cage and Haley steinfeld yeah john Lennon, mahershal ali mahershala brian tyree willie um, tomlin yeah Zoe yeah. Kravitz, John Mulaney, mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn, Liev Schreiber, Chris Pine, Oscar Isaac, Stan fucking Lee. Um, yeah. The cast is nuts. Um, but they're all, it's, it never feels like stunt casting at any point. There a lot of very, there's so many like different winning performances, like from like the kind of outsized, like Nick Cage ones, like the, you know, like uh, Bogart <laughs> parody right. that he's doing. Um, we don't pick the ballroom, we just dance. Is like one sometimes of my I let the matches. Lines. Sometimes I let the matches burn down on my fingertips just to feel something. He's so it's good in this movie. He's so good. You have so many just outsized. Like even just yeah. speaking, he has this like yeah. really outsized performance. But then like yeah. Shamik Moore is just very natural and very funny and like just such a magnetic lead as well even when it's like you have john mulaney and cage both being these very animated so to speak maniacs in the same room as him i think he's still so like he does so well to kind of hold that attention and be uh very moving without and the sort of the the, not really the straight man to everyone because he is a bit of a goof but I think they walk no that line very well with him. This, He's... But they're all the yeah. straight man. That's the funny yeah. thing about it. Is it's that every, everyone gets taken seriously, even Spider-Ham at one point. He has like this line which love... people kind of treat yeah. as a joke because he very seriously says, like, we've all lost somebody when they're he, in his but Malay, bedroom. And he delivers that with so much heart and like sympathy and empathy where you're just like, Oh, Spider Ham. Mulaney thinks that he's like an old timey Looney Tunes character, which like this really is. Uh and I love That's when folks. they're they're all yeah, that's all folks Can i love when legally they're all going back to their universes and he hands miles the hammer it'll fit in your pocket he says it with so much sincerity it'll fit in your pocket it's such a great like disarming little moment like yeah, uh yeah. i was gonna say just having isaac as a mm. like bringing him into the fold and uh spider-man 2099 is such like he's such a serious character but i love how even just that little post-credits scene uses that in its favor like the very i always forget he's in this i mean kind like kind of like, well yeah i mean he, it's, it's an afterthought you know but, but, that's, yeah. but that's the thing with animation you get so much freedom with like we can have spider-man 2099 in this like no that's that he's never gonna be in the fucking movies like i don't care how many people they'll put in these movies he'll never be in those movies i i don't know i i can't see it uh even though he's a great costume design but it is mm. just like but to go back to like the straight man kind of thing where it's like all of them get a ton of comedic moments, but every single character in this fucking movie, I think, gets a serious, like, emotional moment. Besides maybe some of the villains. Like, they all have one moment where they have, like, this actual moment of, like, 
you know, sadness, sympathy, empathy, anger, like, you know, distraught, like, you know, confused and I, I don't know. Like, own, there's so much going on in the movie, bringing in these three other spider people. They don't overwhelm it, which is crazy. Like it balances the, the characters with uh, the actual story and, and the rhythm. But they're kind all... of because they only focus in on three main characters for the most part. It's Miles, Gwen, and Peter f- until we kind of hit a, we maybe hit the sort of half two thirds mark, and then the rest of them come in, which I think is a smart decision. And mm-hmm. it can still they still have room to um, put some more sort of down to earth, sincere moments for all of them. But um, it's not overwhelming because, which is good because the rest of it in a cinema was very visually overwhelming because right. you kind of just say, like, oh my god, and you have all this the glitchy effect as well with the dim- we didn't even get to talk about the interdimensional stuff because they have that sort of shifting aesthetic on top of the comic book one. Well, that's the movie, though, because there's so much that's happening and so much that, like, if for some reason, it's a really well-done screenplay. Like, it's actually pretty focused, and it's not, like, hard to comprehend. But it is, like like you said, overwhelming on, like, a purely visual sense. Um, and mm. also, audibly. The, the sound design is great, and, of course, the, the score, which me and Jack were yeah. talking about before we started recording, by the great Daniel Pemberton. Um, well, the scratching ja- is so Jack cool. Jack w- was questioned if he was British or not, and I'm like, his name is Daniel Pemberton. He's British. There's no <laughs> be fucking from, way. Could be from, like, Ohio. Right. Like, there's... Yeah, no. He's not from Columbus, Ohio, wherever the fuck Michael Bendis is... Or uh, Brian Michael Bendis is from. Um, he is from England. Uh, there's no way your na- last name's Daniel Pemberton and you're not from the UK. There's just no way. It could be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, and I showed him... Cam, I don't know if you've seen this, but when the movie came out on, like, December 30th... Um, retweeted it from our twitter account but this is going to come out weeks and weeks later so it doesn't matter um but pemberton on his twitter he's kind of active on twitter um he released a series of kind of like these like behind the scene videos of how he made the score and like the record scratches and stuff um i can Mm. i can send it to you via twitter but it is i mean what goes into it is so fun and it's also like one of those things where like like this movie in general you just like don't see this you don't see like record scratches uh, and like you know, like uh, synthetic like DJ music, like being um, I- I- a score for like a major animated film. Um, any film, rather n- nowadays, it's just not really something mm. that's used. There's definitely like I, I love going back over it and realizing there's some bits they got away with, like when they dropped the um, Biggie track in oh, there. So it's there's like some lines that sneak in there which made me laugh as well like it's like oh they got away with putting this in a kid's movie right do you guys have um, a favorite song from the soundtrack um best soundtrack to an animated movie that's not a musical by the way like i, I can't mm-hmm. i can't think of another one where it's like it's not yeah. like the lion king where they're actually singing these songs but just like a you know like a companion yeah. soundtrack it's easily the best one i've ever listened to and it's, a companion like, soundtrack was... that's used diegetically and non-diegetically right, that, they can think would work as well as here and they finally made post malone have purpose i was literally just about to say it's the only post malone song i tolerate (laughs) it's catchy but i like the denzel curry one at the end right elevate yeah yeah. but if you look at like xx tentacion uh rest in peace is on like featuring in there you're just like what the fuck like it is kind of crazy how who they got like you know lil wayne and Ty yes, Alistair. for the Lil Wayne's for the bit when he um, takes the leap of faith, right? I think mm-hmm. so. Um, yes, um, but like 
just like rap like if you literally listen to any other song by them they're like the words that come out is like almost immediately are not going to be in a kid's film but they got them to do like super clean tracks i listened to like all of them you know jaden smith is on the soundtrack as well um uh, <laughs> uh slim uh or uh was it uh ski mask slump god uh literally mm. like one of the most hardcore rappers uh who's also hilarious is on the soundtrack it's really funny when you look at like who they got like real eight plus talent but also like some of the like the filthiest mouths in the music industry and they're like yeah let's like <laughs> do this this is funny. i wonder if that um willingness to like make such a compilation maybe came became encouraged by something like black panther which came out felt to year. me like yes yeah, oh they came out the same year yeah oh my god it didn't feel like that. It felt like ages before. Well, that was like yeah. the hot take some people had is like, I think the Spider Man sound, like, I think the Spider Verse soundtrack is better than the Black Panther soundtrack, which is one of they me. They weren't the same year. I'm, I, it's, to me, it was just like, I think they're both good. I don't know. Like, oh, they're yeah. both great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do love that. I don't know if we're going to get Do that. both have a Vince Staples song? Yes. Yeah. Thought so. <laughs> I mean, you, See, all, that's you can the, never that's the not key. have a Vince Staples song. If I'm making a soundtrack, I'm getting Vince Staples on it. That's, that's my. Priority. Yeah, Vince right. Staples did our uh, intro music. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> friend of the podcast. Imagine, could you imagine? Yeah, past and future guest. He's funny. He's like a funny yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's getting a Netflix project. Interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, he's hmm. he's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, but Pemberton like is his score is truly like mag- like it's, it's I don't know excellent. magnificent. I I, I can't yeah. stop thinking about it like as i'm watching the movie i'm like oh yeah that's fucking great that's fucking great it's also iconic too in a way like even it's 2018 and like the prowler like um yeah theme is always like it's all blaring elephant noises right yeah the blaring yeah yeah so much of it i think I, i feel like it also just doesn't feel like a soundtrack layered on top of a movie if that makes sense it's so so much of it is very yeah. synergetic with like the movements of the film sometimes i just think about uh, even though they aren't together in the moment i think there's definitely something in how they cut the sequence of like the kingpin when he's clicking the pen and um that sort of rhythmic bit when he's clicking the pen and it sort of switches in and out between that art style and the flashback where it look, kind of looks like an oil painting and yeah. the way that i think Pemberton's soundtrack kind of sets this sort of rhythmic pace to the film i think it's an undersung i guess but i mean like maybe that's just in my point of view no i i I think it's perfect like Mm -hmm. a perfect point because it's like the glitches themselves are kind of like reverbs or record scratches where it's just kind of like yes pauses it's these like kind of reworkings it's this like alteration this discontorted like like figure and when you're you know kind of playing with that in the music like you said it's so organic it's like Mm -hmm. perfectly aligned yeah. I guess, and also you could sort of say, like, the uh, sort of glitchy appearances on screen. Like, that sort of just ties in, you know, with the sort of interruptions of record scratching and stuff like that. It's All of it just ties together so perfectly. Yeah. Right. How uh, Pemberton is able to incorporate the sound design. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And, yeah, it's, like, not even the fact that it doesn't feel like a score for an animated movie. Layered on top. Layered on top. It's just, but like, a movie. No movies do this score anymore. Yeah, right? Not no movies really. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I'm not saying, like, again, I'm, this is not me going to the comic, like, the animated show thing where, like, they don't do this shit anymore. It's like, they don't, <laughs> this isn't, like, something that, it just, it, it just doesn't, it hasn't aged with movies. I don't know. It's just yeah. one of those things that was kind of left behind, even though, 
I don't know. It's fucking awesome. Do it more, please. If, and I yeah, like I it. mean, this it's really, like, th- this entire thing fires on all cylinders. It feels so modern and already timeless. Like it's kind of it's amazing. Ju- I think it's just that it's also just that um, there's a lot of the things that are being done in it have existed in some form right. beforehand, but it's all mm-hmm. just sort of coalesced in one like a very mainstream property. Like it's atta- this creativity attached to Spider Man, um, a sort of franchise that has become so creatively stagnant on like different levels even in, in the at comics. the time it was released even in the comics being an amazing spider-man fan is hard man right. like <laughs> you got um, slot now you have what spencer and like slot was i think after a point very fine but it was again like, you know a lot of the same thing for a very long time but you know it's kind of there's this sort of plateau creative plateau which was hit and then it coalesced all of these like different elements on a very like kind of high it's surprising to see something like this on a very high budget level, you know, and then to see that sort of unlock a lot of doors for animators working in like the Amer- in American in the American industry and just being like, oh, we can do things like this and people will love it. And it's now a bank, very bankable thing. Like just seeing that sort of happen all in the time since it's just been so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. DC, make a fucking animated movie that's good, please. It's been so long. What, you didn't like League of Super Pets? <laughs> Don't, all right, now you have to leave. Now you have, now we're actually kicking you off. <laughs> this um, crosses the line. Yeah. I don't know, maybe, I think, wait, wasn't that actually kind of well-reviewed? People were like, ah, it's not bad. I don't know, I, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm, I've, I haven't seen it. I'm, you know, just like, uh, I won't judge either way. It's, it's just, you know, it's probably fine, maybe. Right, I don't know. Mm. I just won't be watching it. I don't know. It's like even their direct, even their directed video shit was used to be really good. Like you know, Batman Under the Red Hood and like all that. But mm. now it's just like ugh, it's just like this mm. new. The moment they started the new Fifty Two shit, I'm just like this sucks. Fuck this. Mm. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I don't, this is the one. Time. And that's all we have time for. <laughs> right, right. Um, oh yeah, but like, isn't like Peter Ramsey now like doing like so this big Hollywood movie? Isn't like he now uh, like, directing or? Like I don't know about feature. I don't. I don't actually know. I know he recently worked on a project called Lost Ollie, like a mini series. Well, what Netflix calls a quote-unquote event series. Oh, I think it was like a hybrid of. It was like a hybrid of live action and animation, which sounded interesting. I think it was pretty well received. I'm probably remembering this wrong, but I feel like there might have been some staff who worked on something like Kubo and the Two Strings. Makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, working like on a, that with him. Um, like a Portland because, as well. Shout out. Mm, yeah. Um, it's really popping over there. <laughs> okay. We got comic book... You know, Kelly uh, Kelly Sudaconic, I think, lives here, too. So we got, uh, we got people. We got people. Um, that is cool. Isn't she married to Matt Fraction? Yes. Okay, yeah. so he's probably over here, too. So, you know, that's cool. The mm. wisely not online Matt Fraction. Good for him, man. Good for him. Get that money. Just, mm. just stay out. Were either of you guys following this in development since it was no. announced? Okay. Came out of nowhere. Because I know it was like it was announced or it was uh, publicly being worked on since 2015. It's like interesting that it's like this meticulous. I mean, of course, any animation is like meticulous process, but this one especially feels like it's handled with a lot of, with a lot of care. That I mean, from going from like 2015, 2014 into its 2018 release. And then going from like 2018 to its 2023 release for across the storyverse, like they know that like the longer they take, the the better the product that that they'll have. You know. So when were the Sony leaks? I w- I was just about to get to that. Um, there is like um, 
a point in the Wikipedia. Hang on. This is not... Because it, it, to give right. you time it was that. around. The, it was around that time. Yes, it yeah, was around okay. that time. Because that's because that the was Sony the... leaks were 2014. Was... I think everyone collectively was like, I don't know about Sony guys. Like, yeah. like yeah. when we saw some of that and like the dysfunction, they're trying to do Men in Black plus 21 Jump Street, yeah. and yeah. like they're trying. And Pascal is like, let's do a what like they you know like a Cleopatra movie with Angelina Jolie yeah. or something. Yeah. Like. It was one of the. I think everyone kind of collectively was like, I don't know if it's going well over there. And I think like people are talking about Amy Pascal like retiring, and it's all this stuff where I'm just so, like, all dysfunction where you're just like, I don't, I don't know about Sony. Pascal and Doug Belgard, who is the president of Sony, they said they want to rejuvenate the Spider Verse franchise right after Amazing Spider-Man Part Two did not, uh, did not succeed and. During the time as Sonny's co-chair, uh, Pascal approached Lord Miller about the animated uh, Spider-Man movie, to which Lord Miller, with the condition of um, adapting Miles Morales, and and so I think it just like snowballed from there after um, Amazing Spider-Man and uh, Sony leaks. I think it was that combo. Damn. I was going to say that um, I don't think I, I definitely wasn't following this as closely as I'm following the upcoming sequel. Mm-hmm. As you know, it's just kind of like now I'm very intensely invested in what's going to happen with that, and very interested in how they're making it. But at that time, I think it was only, it was the trailers, like maybe first the annou- first like the kind of main announcement of uh, what it was going to be about. Um, so I kind of it just very roughly like kind of oh yeah that's happening. Mm-hmm. A couple of trailers piqued my interest, and then by the time it came out, I was like foaming at the mouth to, to go and see this thing. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So it didn't come out of nowhere for me, but um, I definitely wasn't paying as close attention as I am now to the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this came out of nowhere for a lot of people, especially since like they had made a statement to coexist with the MCU Spider-Man, and there were sort of still questions what this what this looked like, and and like everything has to be like in line with each other for comic book movies to work now. If, or at least like to succeed because everybody wants to do that that certain homework and but this one sort of exists independently and, and it's all the better for it um because yeah. it's it, it's like this is how comic books should be adapted and it's not just the material that they're adapted into like like that form but it's like it just kind of exists better if you don't have this extra baggage with it i mean there is like three or four separate times in this movie that i almost cry um i'm a i'm a big old crier and this movie gets me emotionally a lot of times um i think it was like my fourth or fifth time seeing it um might be my favorite animated movie ever i don't that sounds crazy i don't know if i can say that but <laughs> that that you might say if you want it might be i don't know i just can't think of a movie that i love this much that's animated it also this was like this is by, by just one one more thing this is kind of like in the mad max fury road of like movies that are beloved in the 2010s like almost mm. every single person likes this yeah. fucking movie um even people who don't like the genre or like comic books or like it know, defies genre movie. yeah it, that's a good that's a good like people who don't too. like action i heard like say oh yeah i like mad max Fury road like that mm. kind of thing um it taps into something yeah but my my favorite scene is when aaron dies mm-hmm
This is purple. Now. Blue. Now. Has anyone heard from Miles? Look, he's just clearing his head. I know the kid. He's got what it takes. I bet you he's going to come back through that door, recharged and ready to fight. My uncle. Hey, where have you been? My where uncle Aaron, he's, he's, he's the prowler. Okay, he, slow down. He wants for Kingpin. He tried to kill me. This is a pretty hardcore origin story. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to figure it out. Were you followed? No, I, I don't think so. Cute place. Real homey. Oh, great. It's Liv. I guess I was followed. Oh, no. Get out of here, kid. You messed up big time, kid. Very sloppy. What just does Aranitas? Let me guess. You're Scorpion? We're the spider uh, gang. Would you mind taking this outside? We don't pick the ballroom. We just dance. Oh, I think I'll be taking that. Están en hito, dale. Prepárate a morir. Finish it.
Aaron. This is my fault. No, Ma. I'm sorry. I wanted you to look up to me. I let you down, man. I let you down. You're the best of all of us, Ma. You're on your way. Just... Just keep going. Just keep going. I mean, Mahershala Ali's just... You you hate that actor, so that Yeah, makes I sense hate him so that, much. Yeah, He's yeah, so bad. Yeah. He's bad at everything. I'm not excited for his Blade <laughs> movie at all. Um, he He's so good, man. I mean, that whole... like yeah. It's one of those things, even though I know he I guess maybe it's it. worth pointing out as well that like is about to win another Oscar. Yeah. While but the thing is, like, out. when yeah. I was watching that scene, like his death scene, I'm like, maybe he should have gotten the Oscar for this. I don't know. I was like, I was crazy in the moment. I was so in the moment and really emotionally like drawn. I'm just like, I don't know. Give him an Oscar for this. Who cares? This is pretty good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's truly like the most heartbreaking scene in the movie. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And then like, uh, you're the best of us. You're the best of all of us. Miles keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jefferson running after into that alley and like the reaction. They should be in a movie together. Byron Byron Tiley, Tyree Henry, and Mahershala Ali should be in a movie together. It feels like they should. They have already, but they haven't. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's my favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, Do you have one, Cam? Um, I can. It feels like the most obvious one, but I think the leap of faith uh, leading into his swing. It would feel wrong if none of us picked it. You know. Miles power with a blindfold on. Mama always asking, Where did I go wrong? Took you long enough. What's up, danger? What's up, danger? I see this, this spark in you. It's, it's amazing. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. When do I know I'm Spider Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Made them myself. They fit perfectly.
it's yeah it's um it's it's like the scene of the film and i think sure. the way that it plays with a sort of pre-established style and like kind of moves things forward in tandem with miles's character moving forward like the i think uh i might be recalling it wrong but i'm pretty sure there's a shift from like kind of his normal like usually he's on twos animated compared to everybody else and then he's kind of just very smooth and fluid as he i think so i remember i don't know the exact vocabulary you're talking about but i noticed there is a different change in animation so i think you're right yeah yeah so with more with um for a little bit of context when uh most in most that most animation like this is done like kind of on ones which is 24 frames a second a lot of this film stood out because it was animated on twos so it's 12 frames a second instead and they used that kind of stuttery movement for miles throughout the whole film and then they kind of shift it forward into ones i think i think i might be wrong about this but it feel, it definitely feels like he's moving with much more fluidity from this mm-hmm. moment even though there's a little mo- few moments of shakiness and i think that sort of marriage of like th- form and theme is so great and the moment is just very and you know it's just a very fly- high flying very emotional and, you know there's a great song playing too it's a it's yeah, a big moment real kind yeah, of like what's a danger yeah exactly it's just like of his real fist pumping touching like the sky the skyscraper and it just like i think it's all like i don't even think you see his head and you just like he's about to jump off is like super chilling i don't know mm-hmm. it's really good and the, no, the that, shot of him falling yeah. up yeah. basically um, which should have been the post uh, they had the po- they had, that was the poster for the longest time then they changed it to some bullshit that should have been the poster for like everything just him upside down falling into the city Simplest yeah, it feels like an iconic coolest. shot. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go with the conversation out. You have Jefferson outside the door and Miles mm. in, in the bedroom. Uh, the door. It's just a fantastic bit of acting from Brian Tyree and Sharif Moore. You All feel those like scenes there's so much come weight. so close together, too. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> I know, thing. yeah. I think that's shortly after... Uh, uncle aaron dies and right because like, before that he has another amazing scene with peter b and he says like you're not yeah. ready yeah yeah yeah. i almost chose that scene <sighs> um, your dad please open the door miles i can see your shadow moving around yeah okay i get it i get it you're still ignoring me look can we talk for a minute something uh, something happened look sometimes people drift apart miles and I don't want that to happen to us, okay? Look, I know I don't always do what you need me to do or say what you need me to say, but I'm... I see this, this spark in you. It's, it's amazing. It's why I push you, but... It's yours. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Look, call me when you can, okay? I love you. 
You don't have to say it back, though. There's an early one, actually, my second choice would have been an early one where they first, they first met and uh, Peter B has broken out of Mars's kind of rudimentary um, kind of trap for him on the, when he's tied to the punching bag. And then they go out and have that conversation on the wall of the apartment block mm. and they shoot it like they're kind of just on level horizontal ground and they're just like walking up and down. And then there's this amazing moment when um, they're kind of... Peter's like at the top of the screen and Miles is at the bottom and then like Miles kind of just jumps up onto the other side and it's just the kind of play playfulness with like verticality there is just so great um there's so many little even the smaller moments in this are just so kind of clever in how they're framed Mm -hmm. so that was a great that one that's one that kind of comes up shortly after uh, uh, Peter B and Miles's uh conversation at the diner and he's like, you look different. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's that's Jake Johnson's thing. He's like kind of a slob, but ultimately like has such a big heart. And uh, or at least like, you know, I, I don't feel like any of the cast new girl is playing uh, any characters. I feel like that's that's just them. And they had no scripts and, you know, kind of read into that there. And uh, no, but I just I think the conversation with. And, and I mean, uh, I was going to say the dynamic between. Aaron Jefferson and, and Miles is, is very interesting to see like you know losing Aaron to like further this this mission and the repulsion in, in the movie uh it's like oh man like you that those early scenes early on with Aaron and Miles uh those are things that you just can't talk about with your dad or those those are uh, that's some guidance that your dad just can't provide to you sometimes and, and it's just like a special kind of um uh ad, ad, like life you know partner uh, your uncle is and uh yeah it's it's just like he's he sells it so well without making any eye contact it's it's great i do love that they um made their bond through graffiti art um mm, yeah 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 it's very cool it's such a like making moment. being an being an artist as part of mars's kind of identity in this was really like fun because i guess it's sort of i guess you can tie it in formally with what the film is trying to do um but also just like put, putting this set. I feel like so many, like when you think Spider-Man, everyone's like, oh, he's like a super genius and he's very smart. But I just like that they made Miles smart in a very different way mm-hmm. um, to like the what's expected. Well, it's also a very good his touch. artistic um, creativity is one of the key differences between him and Peter and that sometimes writers and uh, storytellers in general don't highlight enough of like he is an artist and mm. i mean i'm not saying like peter i think is okay at drawing but you know it's one of those things where like that's one of miles's main expressions and mm. also he's like more into music and stuff like those are pretty big things that to differentiate because like you said sometimes they just like ah, i mean he's kind of like peter and then they'll just like write him off 
and it's uh, like, like for leaning into it is very smart right i think general audiences will go to like toby Maguire and that iteration of peter parker um is like a big science nerd but with yeah miles morales like uh being a graffiti art graffiti artist like those are still um you know like hobbies that will alienate you and and feel as though that you're the only yes. one who can express this and it's like it doesn't really matter what what you're pursuing you're pursuing as a as a as a passion it just it's just like you feel as though you're the only one who can express this and luckily he finds his, his uncle to share it with as a quick aside it's so funny that the um, amazing spider-man films tried to like do a similar break in sort of outsider imagery with peter by making him a skateboarder i thought that was so funny mm. yeah so oh my gosh yeah. he's it's like damn it's, it's spider-man but he's super tragically cool now yeah. like he, just, he doesn't get <laughs> i don't think i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone would yeah I don't, I don't see anyone picking those movies no those been reclaimed? mark webb no, no I... oh no they're being reclaimed really hard like um <laughs> teens love them well, teens, yeah, like yeah, but teens love Gw- him and Gwen Stacy. They don't love those movies. I don't care what they... I don't Do they love they Andrew and Emma together? I think that's it. I, that's yeah. truly... That's my take. I'm, I'm good I'm good friends with them, so I can say yeah, first basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see I see it being... Um, I see people, like, kind of going granularly through Amazing Spider-Man and being like, oh, that, like, all oh, the practical swinging is really great. And I'm like, that is cool, I guess. But also, that film still looks terrible. <laughs> like, oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's like people can reclaim whatever they want but you won't see me there i guess his costume looks kind of cool in the second one Mm -hmm. i don't know man um it really it really is such a low bar to like compliment a movie just on its stunt work and costume design and not really like the movie it's just like yeah what what are we what are we doing you know it's just kind of like if you're gonna grade it it just doesn't add up to a very full grade if you're gonna like be like well the costume's nice. Like, okay, let's. Okay, well, well, look, well damning, know. damning with the uh, damning with faint praise. Well, it's like yeah, exactly, having a good stomach's exactly. good, but it's yeah, just like yeah, yeah, these yeah. things do not make a total movie. It, absolutely. Um, but Cam, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this thank was you a for pleasure. Being here. This is I'm a, so excellent. happy yeah. you're able to come on and talk about this movie. Uh, yeah. Could it, thanks for having me. Yeah. Honestly, the reason why, for me personally, that I was like kind of OCD about holding off, I. I wanted to save it for the possibility if we were ever to do the Oscar winning animated features and this was going to be on there, but that was so much goddamn Disney for us to do where I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to. <laughs> and that led us to choose. And it's not even like the, all those because... movies are bad. It's just boring to talk about. It's just like exactly. Pixar yes. episode after Pixar, episode. Yeah. It's like, we, we might as well we do gonna a run out of series on Pixar or whatever the fuck. We were going to run out of things to talk about, but the other one that we could have talked about uh, in 2011 that won was Rango, and I know that one would be interesting, but you know that will also be saved for another time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you for being. But you are the <laughs> perfect guest for this movie. Perfect. I couldn't think yes. of anyone better. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You flattered me. Of yeah. course. I was gonna say like if you were doing if you were doing really Oscar seen, chances, but, yeah. lots of opportunities to get mad about Miyazaki, <laughs> like, obviously not being an. Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> there's like a whole conversation about that. Yeah. I remember this just like one insane. There's like insane year where it's like uh, something ridiculous beats out like uh, Tale of the Princess Kaguya, Kaguya and the I Wind Rises. The Big Hero Six. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Marvel was probably big, fun fact. It was uh, Big Hero Six or Frozen. Was... No, it was Big Hero Six. I think. Yeah. No, wait. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, something like that. Cam, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at. Campbell A. Campbell on Twitter. Um, you can find my writing here and there. Um, I also have Letterboxd under the same user. Um, 
Actually, no, just under uh, u slash Campbell, whatever the URL thing is. You know, I'm here and there. <laughs> you'll be uh, fighting. You'll be fighting crime in the UK. Uh, I'll be fighting animation crimes in the UK. I actually, um, if there are, if by any chance there are any Scottish listeners to this podcast, I programmed a strand at the Scotland Loves Anime Festival taking place in Glasgow and Edinburgh next Fuck month. Yeah, dude. I this have will be four films next month. Yeah. This will be out next month? Yeah. Is the timing right? I, I, I think guess. like I... mid-October, yeah. Okay, if it's still mid-October when someone is listening to this, next week in Scotland, <laughs> there should be four movies uh, from Monday to Thursday that I'm doing. But That's awesome, if, if that doesn't happen to think, I am just guess I'm just bragging about it. <laughs> you should brag about it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never yeah, had yeah. to promote anything before. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, I can't wait to see you promote more things. You for Empire, you wrote about the sequel and like the details that you got from. I wrote about um I wrote about the sequel um preview that I saw at Annecy Festival. I wrote about that for Letterbox Journal. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I also did a video interview with the directors of the movie for CartoonBrew.com. So you can if you. I'm on Twitter at Jack A Draper. I have writing on film at the Boston Hassle. Um, next time. We have an episode on Steven Spielberg's Lincoln with Scout DeFoya and Tucker Johnson for, I feel like as though it was important for us to do a Spielberg movie before The Fablemans, and uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to revisit Spielberg in this, this late period. Talk for... about that tall bastard Lincoln, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His hat. DDL, that's exciting. You know? Yeah. You mean Lincoln? Yeah. That was just him, right? Right. It was Abraham fucking Lincoln. They, you know, everyone knows this. Abraham Lincoln didn't have a cell phone, so of course, you know, if if DDL didn't have a cell phone, that means you know, one plus one equals two. Um, Yeah, I feel like this can be a very silly episode. Very. Everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can send us an email at exitingthroughthe2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a comment on iTunes or whatever. Uh, next, oh, you already said what we're happy next week. Uh, yeah, all right. Stay well. Be good to yourself. The movie isn't streaming anywhere, which I was surprised. Buy it. Buy the fucking movie. That's my take. I think it's on... It's on That's Disney Plus in the UK, I think. Oh, oh that doesn't count. Wow. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this. Like, does you should. Not put it in the beginning? Matter. Put it in the beginning. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, ble- just bleep out what I just said. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna scramble the words around like I hate you. And as always, we'll catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s. Mm-hmm.